0: This is Unlearned, a self rising production. I'm Jamie, and I'm Ca, and we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming.
1: I want to kind of chat a little bit about life for a second, what's up?
2: I know it's been a it's been a while. You've been away. So You've been abroad. I know. <laughs> You've been abroad.
1: Nobody is gonna feel a gap because we actually were able to record enough. But I was away for almost two weeks, and boy, yeah. oh boy, I missed you. Oh, I missed you too. I'm glad you're back. Um, I kind of missed our chats. This is this is such a healing process for both of us. I think so. Kind of totally. Cool. Uh, okay, so where are we venturing into today?
2: Okay, so I think what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about today has to do with the way that we process experiences that we're going through in like real time or like immediately after, and how how to do that in a in, a, in an authentic way versus, a theme that we have – the two of us have observed in our lives and in the lives of the people that we interact with and that we work with and stuff is like there tends to be a lot of – I will call it toxic positivity because I think that's a buzzword that most people understand like when I say that, what I mean by that, but we're really going to break it down a lot more in depth and into the nuance of it for this episode. So this is just kind of in general – You're trying to process something that maybe doesn't sit right with you or feels negative or feels dissonant inside of you in some way. And you're met with either from voices outside of you, people you're processing with, or even your own like internalized voice that you've kind of conditioned to have in there. This like, let's bypass that. Like, let's, we can't talk about the negative. We don't want to go there. Like, just try to focus on the positive. Try to find something to be grateful for. Like, don't harp on it. Don't harp on it.
1: Mm, I love that you said the like gratitude because it's so interesting the themes that come out of like pop psychology and the themes that come out of like even the the spiritual bypassing that happens like when people are like, we just gotta think of the best thing and the gratitude and like it's interesting that even the healing sector of Mm -hmm. this, of this environment that we're in that sometimes even does this they do this like bypassing of wait if you're jumping ahead and you're just saying oh i just have to be grateful i just have to be grateful it's interesting because i'm sure we're gonna get some comments like later that will be like wait so like you want us to get stuck like and Mm, notice mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if your immediate reaction to when i say If we're not just having gratitude for a situation, but we're also holding space for the things that maybe were like off about that situation or dissonant about that situation, you know, you went to an event, there were good times, there were some really rough times, and relationally, maybe something occurred with a friend group or something. And if you keep bypassing the processing of that event, and you just say, well, you know, they did their best, they're good friends, like they didn't mean that, whatever
0: and you're just saying
1: what am i grateful for about that event you bypassing that processing is going to set you up for a very difficult um how do i want to say this like it's it's going to set you up for more burden or more pressure in that emotion if that makes sense so when we're talking about the all or nothing part of this. If you're going into gratitude and like that's all you're doing and then you're saying, well, the opposite of gratitude is just me being stuck in the emotion, like me being Mm. just angry about what happened and and bitter and resentful and envious and whatever. And you got to remember, we get taught narratives about all of those emotions. We get taught that honestly, those emotions... Are bad, And I hope if you've made it this far, we don't conceptualize emotions as being bad. And mm-hmm. first of all, you'd have to ask yourself, do I immediately think that if I have any bad feelings about an event that I'm a bad person because I'm not being grateful? Okay, that's a great starting point for you because you're immediately labeling those emotions as bad. All right. If you're not doing that, but then you're saying, wait, but I'm scared. I'm going to get stuck. So if I'm like, wait, okay, I'm not just going to think about the gratitude, but I'm also going to think about maybe elements of that event that made me mad. And Mm -hmm. then the fear comes in. I don't want to get stuck here. I don't want to get stuck in this emotion. The thing I'm pointing out here is right away. I hope you can hear the way I'm describing this is so extreme. It's that, You only can be grateful and you're only going to get stuck. And it's either toxic positivity or toxic
2: negativity, right? Like, exactly. 100% happy or we're 100% upset, you
1: know? Exactly. And I think it is helpful to have some examples here because I know we're doing like a theoretical right now, but like, it's, you know, you're at, you're, you're hosting a party or something, and, you know, someone comes to the party late or they come, you know, they're, they're a little tipsy or something. And like the event feels off and like, yeah, you had really good food and like people were laughing and like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that are beautiful about the event that you hosted. Maybe it's a baby shower or a friend's birthday or something, but there's something about that event that definitely stuck with you for a second enough. And so I'm going to UCA and like, you know, we're cleaning up after the party and I'm like, ah, like. It's just like, why? Why did that have to happen? And I get met with what? Like, what would you say if you're doing the, the toxic?
2: So stuff? what often happens is like, oh, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I, I guess that happened. But like, I just I had a good time, and I hope that you did too. Like, I would like to think that we put this party on for a good reason, and that like, some good things came out of it. Like, did you not see
1: anything good? <laughs> Which is a great example because you see how she was walking you through like she, of course, you genuinely may have not seen mm-hmm. anything wrong that she needs to fully process. Genuinely, mm-hmm. you need to respect that someone who has a perspective that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily resonating with you. But what we're not really going to tolerate is when she's speaking to my emotion. Like, I don't know why you can't be grateful or I don't know why you can't see the bright side. Right. And so what we're pointing out here is If I just immediately say, you're right, my emotion around this is invalid and I don't get to process this, what starts to happen is we don't Mm -hmm. really get to the root of like where that got like where a nerve got hit. Okay. So it really might not have been, oh, someone showed Mm -hmm. up tipsy. It might be that this is a pattern in your family and no one's addressing this person who has a substance use disorder. And we're all just saying everything's fluffy and roses and daisies. And then I get met with my best friend, CA saying there's nothing wrong with it. So just ignore it. And I'm like, you're right. I'll ignore it. Right. And so what happens is there is a reason why I, I got unnerved. It might've not been that big of a deal if, you know, aunt Sherry shows up, you know, once, in in every five years, like a little tipsy to a party that might not bother me. But if every single family event that we have, someone like that one family member is showing up and everyone's ignoring it. And you're sitting there and you're like, am I, am I wrong for feeling upset about this? Right. And you get met with that toxic positivity or that, that, that rejection of processing. It's like, you feel like you're wrong for having Mm -hmm. any emotional response to a very valid concern.
2: And, okay, and so, and there's lots of reasons why we might have a negative experience of, like, some of the, like, input that happened during that event, right? And, like, maybe it's what Jamie was saying, that there is, like, a pattern of behavior here that you're now observing, you're starting to feel really uncomfortable with. And it feels like you're the only one paying attention or taking it seriously. And that's very unnerving to be feeling as though, like, does anyone else see the elephant in the room? Like, really? It's just me? Okay. And then, like, that's yeah. almost like this weird, like, subconscious, like, group gaslighting experience where you're just like, hey, I guess we're all just going to pretend this is fine. Um, that can be part of it. Another thing can just generally, genuinely be you're being triggered by something that's happening like in the present, but it's not really about that. It's that that is like pulling on like Mm. this other part of you, like a past trauma that you have or like some other like deeper thing that you're trying to deal with and have been ignoring, right? Which is what we're, (laughs) where we're going to go. This is what happens when we don't process things is that they still stay in there. It's going to stay inside of you, No matter how good you are at ignoring it, it's still in there. And so say you grew up with an Aunt Sherry, right? That was always showing up and then the party was about her and like managing her, like the the stress that she was creating by being, you know, on a substance and whatever else. And like you grew up with that, never really processed it, but it's all inside of you. And then fast forward 15 years and you're hosting some other party and somebody else completely shows up and they're like messed up. Mm. And it reminds you of Aunt Sherry. And all of a sudden you're flooded with all the feelings that you used to have. And this is what a trigger is. Like I'm basically walking you through, like this is literally a trauma trigger. And like this person, it might very well be a completely one-off experience, right? Like your, your friend... Mm. janet shows up right and like she's normally not like this it's a totally one-off experience but it like brought back all of that like unresolved like stuff that was up that was down there inside of you and so like that's what you're reacting to so like current you is reacting to this past pain that never got processed and so no matter what the situation is where what the cause of like your current like needing to process something is, whether it's from the present situation or a past situation that the present just happened to trigger and bring up for you. Regardless, what's going to happen is that now this feeling is Mm. here and it is once again (laughs) asking to be processed. And if you bypass it, again and you say i'm just i just don't want to deal with it like i don't want to think about it i'm just gonna i'm just you're right i'm just gonna focus on the positive it was a great party everyone had a good time the food was great like i don't know why i always make such a big deal of things and you just shove it back in a closet again well it's still in there and <laughs> what do you think is
1: going to happen like it doesn't think you, these things just don't disappear on about- the round it's showing up in a different either person or experience and then not processing what's interesting and that that's why I want to hold this for a second and point it out is what's interesting is i think we typically have a tendency that if we are going to even hold space for it there's this like misunderstanding of where it came from because it didn't get processed enough. So you might be like, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful, but like, you know, Janice, like, you know, she just screwed up everything up. And like, you're just like, okay, I get it. Like Janice screwed everything up, but like just kind of move forward. Right. And so I'm not even linking that the reason why it won't let go in my head, like I'm literally going to sleep that night Mm -hmm. thinking about Janice And getting so angry at Janice when, by the way, Janice might not have a problem. She might've just been like going to a couple of grad parties and got dropped off. And you're like, okay, Janice, you know, but to you, it was deeper. And if you don't allow yourself to go on the, if you just stay at the surface level and you like, it's not even just bypassing, but it's, it's, it's just Mm -hmm. like staying so, so like shallow that you're right. And so now what might happen is you are like, okay, Mm -hmm. get over it. Water under the bridge. It doesn't matter. Right. Like it's all fine. And, but your brain is like reminding you it, it was also Janice though. So if you're like possibly even getting stuck a little bit in this and you're not processing, we end up like, I don't want to say miss it's kind of a misattribution like you're basically gonna go to janice and being like janice never come to a party again please like that was absurd right when in reality if you did that internal work you might be able to hold space mm. janice can you just talk to me about what was going on that day and she might open up and be like yeah i don't have a problem i literally was just going to a few parties and like it was just a really long day and i you know whatever and once you can do that work and you can say wait a second I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm actually going to process this. What is this about? Why will not? Why will it not go away, right? Where, what is this emotion about? What you're now doing mm-hmm. is you're saying, mm-hmm. okay, am I actually mad at Janice? Or have I seen themes run throughout my life that have caused immense pain that I never got to really do anything about? And I was so many times told to just ignore this feeling. So when we're adults, this is why this is a beautiful like example is because Mm. when we're adults, we do have that like little voice in our head, like you can do something. So just go talk to Janice, right? And Janice might be like, wait, you're not even gonna hear me out. Like I genuinely, Mm. I, I wanna be at that next event. I really, I love you guys. Like I love your family. And it's immediately like, the energy is shifted to her and it's like, no, you're the problem, Janice. Right. And it's like the actual trauma is from a wound Mm -hmm. and like allowing Janice to kind of like explain and like tell her story is actually like really important to this scenario because if you don't do that, it's now logged in, a in, in a wrong category in your brain.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you're, you're processing this data here, this like Janice data, mm. and you're basically like overlaying that on top of all of this other stuff that actually has nothing to do with Janice, but she has now become the face of it. And so it's a real easy like, it's a quick dragon to slay, right? Because it's right here and it's right in front of you because for whatever various reasons, like you have not been allowed the space to process the bigger stuff. Maybe you don't have the the tools to access it. You're not really sure like how to get there and how to like pull that up. And and like, I'm thinking of like a file, right? Like how to find the actual correct file of like, what is this? Like, where is this all coming from? So and I think that's why we wanted to talk about this topic is because so much of what I think a lot of Jamie and I talk about on this podcast is kind of going through these huge themes in our life and how they're showing up today. And it is important, right, to be able to to sift through and and see how like past traumas and past experiences are informing our current decision-making process and things like that, our defaults, right? And on top of that, I think we also want to make sure that we are equipping ourselves to move forward without creating more of that stuff. Like it's hard enough for all of us to be sitting here processing a lot of stuff that Mm -hmm. has been just like sitting in there for like years and decades. Like we don't want to have to add to that and the way to prevent that is what we're talking about, is actually allowing a more like real time processing experience to happen for Mm. you so that these things don't fester. So a lot of what we've talked about is how to deal with like this old past wounds and traumas and pains. That's important. And we are going to keep talking about that. And I think this is almost more about like how to process the current stuff that, and, and it might be connected to the past and it might be just something happening in your present, but it's in general like here's a skill set to start learning how to openly process things in a more real time manner so that we're not compounding more stuff into our closets until it's like bursting so hard that it takes you, you know, way longer than it should. So, um, I think we wanted to um talk about another topic or another example within this topic and I really want to get into that now cuz I think it brings up some other types of nuance as well here. Um and this is having to do with like medical gaslighting and mm-hmm. sort of like health things that happen. I'll give a I'll give a slightly personal example so A few years ago, I went in for a surgery, and it was, like, an important surgery. There was, like, something that was causing me an extreme amount of pain, and it needed to be dealt with, and the only way to deal with it was uh, to surgically remove it, and that happened. While I was under, there was also a medical error that happened, and there was huge irreparable damage done to one of my organs. So... I wake up, I'm told the news about how the surgery went. I was still kind of groggy. When I went in for my follow-up like two weeks later, we got into it a little bit more. What exactly happened? What went right? What went wrong? etc. cetera. So processing that afterwards, it was very interesting to see how, and I didn't tell everybody in the world about it, but the couple of people that I like shared the story with very interesting to see some of the different reactions that I got because when I was like, man, they like messed up. Like there was like this crazy thing that happened. And now like that organ is like literally super damaged. Um, there was the people that did the toxic. I had a handful of people that would just hit it with that toxic positivity and just go, yeah, but they fixed that other thing, right? Now your pain is gone, right? Like, aren't you glad that you had the surgery because now all of that pain is gone? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, like, I'm glad that that pain is gone, but I'm also upset that now I have this other complication that I have to live with for the rest of my life. So that's like an example. And that's just a small example. And I know that (laughs) there's probably millions of examples of people who have similar experiences when it comes to experiences that they have with a medication or a surgery or procedure or anything medical, man, this is a tough one for people. People do not want to hold space for like you not having a super positive experience with something healthcare related.
1: It's so funny because when you really, when we talk about this, I mean, I'm sure we'll have more episodes devoted to this topic, but like at the heart of some of these good intentions is whether or not this is like intentional or not is variations of gaslighting because I'm not actually allowing you to completely stay in your truth. I'm kind of asking you to entertain the narrative that I'm portraying for you. And I'm like, Hey, um, I get that that happened. And can you just like, kind of like disregard that and just like, look at this. <laughs> like, Hey, can you just like pay attention to this? And it's like, it's redirecting the narrative. It's redirecting the energy. It's redirecting the processing. And that's why toxic positivity is not just one thing. It's that it can be like, Oh, like be grateful. Like, yeah, sure. I don't know if we can like flat out give a blanket statement that that just alone is gaslighting. But when someone goes into like, okay, but you're fine. Right. And it's like, you're getting told, first of all, you're getting told you're fine, which by the way, what does that even mean? Like uh, physically fine? Like no, emotionally fine? No. So obviously even just that assertion, like Mm -hmm. that's not even true for me. So like, I don't know where you're going with that, you know? So it's the, like, it's, you do have to walk very tenderly when you're speaking over someone's experience. And especially when it gets
2: Mm -hmm. tied
1: up in that, like, flowery roses and daisies, like, romanticizing. Everything's fine, right? You're alive, right? Everything's good, right? And it's like, that even, that's why I think it compounds with that, like, addition of that positivity, or I guess we could just label positivity, but it's more like an invalidating spin on the actual event, right? On what actually occurred. So is it asking Mm -hmm. you to kind of be in like a little slight delusion? Maybe because it's kind of asking you to ignore some of the reality, which to me is why this is so layered. And some people might even tell you, some people might even write in like toxic positivity doesn't exist. Right. And it's honestly hard to see it for what it can really be in people's lives until you see the implications of it. Right. And so CA and I both have like, I'm sure one of these days we'll share some of our stories, but you know, we all, we both have like an extensive past of like different systems that's spoken over our own power. But in my case, particularly, one of the things I found toxic positivity rampant in was in religious systems. And this doesn't mean every religious system is bad. Like for our listeners, it doesn't mean we're throwing everybody under the bus, but like, I would see this so clearly in like my own upbringing, but also like in my church community, like when something would go wrong, it was almost like immediately buffered with like, and God is good though. Right. And I'm like, um, um, yeah. Like, yes. Uh, Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what to say to you. Like, you're, you're doing this like immediate, like, I can't acknowledge that something's going wrong in my life without immediately betraying that, like, God gives me blessings or something. Like, it's just so odd. It's such an odd mm-hmm. psychological construct that we do. And it's not just found in religious systems. So I don't want to speak in like a definitive way here. But I absolutely would see it in Mm -hmm. the language we would use around pain processing. And the reason I'm even using pain processing, trauma processing is kind of like Mm -hmm. aged pain, aged wounds, Mm -hmm. right? But pain processing is something just went wrong. Like something Mm -hmm. just happened to me, CA. Something just occurred to me, right? Like something just like Mm -hmm. washed over me. There was an event that happened and occurred and- I'm coming to you and you're like switching this narrative as though like I'm wrong for like pointing out anything that I feel like is valid to process. How how is that not harmful? Mm-hmm. Like So
2: I think what I I remember first seeing this with regards to spiritual bypassing, like when I really analyzed what spiritual bypassing was, that's the first place I saw this, what I'm about to talk about. But then I kept zooming further out and I realized almost all toxic positivity has some connection to this, which is if we actually allow the pain to be looked at and processed, there might be responsibility or Culpability that needs to be an action that needs to be taken, and nobody wants to do that. Mm. So that's why we're going to bypass it, right? Because that we don't want to do any work, we don't want to change anything, we don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. So let's just pretend it's not happening, and let's just say God is good. Let's just Mm. say good vibes only. Let's just say, be grateful, right? Let's just bypass the fact that something bad is happening because if we acknowledge it, then that means there might actually be some work that has to be done about it. Oh, that's
1: such a powerful point, CA. Like it's so important to sit with that information because it speaks to a lot of the themes that we've covered, which is Healing does take personal responsibility, personal accountability. You do have to kind of do your own internal work. And we are part of big systems and we are part of like families and and the architecture of the politics and the religion, all of these different systems that we're embedded in, workplaces and all of these cultural environments. It's that we are both and simultaneously existing, but with our internal experience and then our organized system experience. And what happens is if we're not going to hold ourselves accountable, right. They're kind of speaking to that internal. Like if the system tells you, I mean, yeah, I get it. There's some things wrong, but like, think about how much is great, right? Like think about how much is great about America or think about how much is right. And I sit there and I go, it's, asking me like that 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 mentality is like you're talking about the system training me to also do that to myself to my internal system I'm supposed to train myself to say well I don't have to be accountable then like I guess like if, if something goes wrong and I'm at a party and I'm the one who shows up a little tipsy and like I'm not accountable for my action right it's like and nobody then gets held accountable and like nobody then then where is the movement forward where is the healing occurring right and that's where i think we're 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 kind of reaching a fever mm-hmm. pitch in our culture ca because it's like i see a lot of people doing that individual accountability i see a lot of people holding themselves to a new mm-hmm. standard of interaction of emotional processing they're speaking to their wounds they're holding people who are Actually, like exacerbating the pain of others, or actually like pouring fire, they're holding those people accountable. And this is where that internal processing flows out and impacts our external processing. It goes back to last episode, which is the stages of healing. The first stages of healing are internal. First stages of healing don't actually overtly impact the external. I mean, To some degree, right? We have the internal like reckoning of the education and then the awareness and then the internal belief system. And then the internal conviction is where now I'm turning outward, okay? I'm turning outward into the way I show up to the world. And this is why this is so hard because when I start holding space for things that I would bypass, I would say, gotta just be grateful. God offered up. I gotta do this. I gotta do that, right? When I start saying, wait a second, I don't I don't like the way I said that. I don't I don't like the way I showed up to that. I don't know. I also don't like the way I was talked to. Hold on. Let me take a second to process that. Right. And I start showing up to my external system that does not want to be held accountable. You can almost bet there's going to be some variation mm-hmm. of gaslighting, toxic positivity added up to that, or basically just a sheer denial, just a sheer denial that that is even a valid thing to process. Think about that for a second. Yeah. If I say, "Wait a second, I don't like the way you talk to me." What do you mean? I don't see a problem. All right, so we're going to ignore that there's an entire problem. So mm-hmm. now there's no responsibility on your end.
2: Right. And then decision has to be made on your part of how much you want to continue interacting <sighs> with a system that refuses to take accountability for its actions.
1: Ooh. I can't do that. Are you guys squirming it's in your just, seats like, yet? It's such hard work because <laughs> this is why me and CA have talked about like our own communities and building like safe communities and building like psychologically safe communities, which is like, yeah, at some level, some of us can't really just like hop on a plane and get out of here and leave every system behind. We can't always do that. And honestly, it's your own personal narrative of like is this your story? Like, do you want to be part of like the change or whatever? Okay, that's fine. But like, it's this concept. When when we're really breaking it down, you're just like, this is the hardest work we're ever gonna do. CA, it's like the hardest work we're ever going to do. And so like, when someone starts like doing this work and they start deconstructing and they start like realizing oh my gosh, like I'm part of a system and like, this is really hard and whatever. It's like the community that can actually sit with the pain. Like, I know that I'm not this perfect person, by the way, like toxic positivity can infiltrate your life, whether or not you're doing self-growth work or not. Like I can find myself invalidating my kids and be like, well, it's okay. Like, you know, like I can find myself doing some of these variations, like And it's, it's very mindless. Like Mm -hmm. it's very almost like default to be like, you know, you're okay. Right. Like totally speaking over the pain of our kids or our friends or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when we look at Mm -hmm. like, it has to start somewhere, I will tell you the person I am now is very different than the person I was six years ago. And I wouldn't even have batted an eye if someone kept responding to me with toxic positivity, because that's all I knew. If I was, if I felt pain, I almost felt shame Mm -hmm. for feeling pain. Mm. That's how bad it got in my life. Because talk about, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard the narrative that like shame is one of the biggest roots of where trauma comes from, really. It's like, it's not actually the incident. It's shame around the incident. It's Mm -hmm. shame around the processing. It's shame around the emotion, right? Um, And the more you're shamed for that processing, the more it can absolutely switch those neural pathways on or off, right? And so when I think about the Mm -hmm. shame of being a human, Like at one point I felt guilty just like having any type of emotion that wasn't out outwardly fluffy and docile and submissive and calm. Mm -hmm. And I would feel guilty. I would feel shame. I would internalize that. And I would be like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like, I just need to kind of Mm -hmm. keep myself in check. And it's like, Well, this is what we mean by the longer you get, the longer those emotions get bypassed, the more that burden builds. Kind of what I was saying in the beginning. The burden of the emotions builds. And so, of course, when you keep burying it, you're going to have moments where those small things just get explosive. And then you feel like terrible. Right. See, this is,
2: this is what I think is so interesting, is that it almost – toxic positivity, spiritual bypassing, all of that, it actually perpetuates the thing that it's supposed to be protecting from, which is toxic negativity. Are you following me? When we push these feelings down and we don't process them in a healthy, nuanced, real, authentic way – we shove them down, we shove them down. And then eventually something is going to bubble up and burst out and it's going to literally erupt out of us in such a scary negative way that that reaction, right? That like overreaction or that extreme expression of all of this pain and emotion that has been on process. We might even rightfully analyze it and go, whoa, that's really unhealthy. That's scary. That's over the top. Maybe it is. And the reason it's there is because things weren't being processed. But so then if this is all you're focusing on is this like super intense negativity, then it becomes like Mm. reasoning to keep up with the toxic positivity because you go, see, this is what happens when I let myself get upset this is what happens and I can't let that happen. So I just got to stay positive. Just got to stay positive. Just got to stay happy. And then it creates this hot and cold cycle that's like really, really intense, right? And this is why literally our second episode mm-hmm. ever of this podcast was about non duality and it was about nuance and making sure that we are processing things in a very nuanced, balanced way. We We have this like, fear that, oh, okay, well, if we allow ourselves to think about the negative and process the negative, like we were saying at the very beginning, well, then we're going to get stuck there. And negative feelings are scary to us because we've been socialized in a way that says that that stuff is negative. And because sometimes we do this hot and cold cycle. And so the only examples we see Mm. of pain processing and negativity are really extreme, intense, like, probably what we might call unhealthy versions of pain processing. Um, And so we have all of this, like, compounding, like, data and evidence swirling around inside of our heads that's telling us, like, no, don't be negative, don't process pain, don't do it, it's scary. But the reality is, what's so interesting is that once you start doing this and you move a little bit more away from the toxic positive, so if you're picturing, like, a pendulum, right, If your pendulum is swinging and all it ever does is go all the way super positive or all the way crazy, scary, intense negative, well, if you just swing it in a little bit more towards the center, then you're just kind of in this like happy medium place and things are balanced and things are nuanced and it's safe to process your negative emotions and you can appreciate the positive, grateful aspects of your life. And these things can coexist Mm -hmm. and it really becomes much less scary the more used to this process you become.
1: Hey everyone, this is Jamie. I am so excited to share this with you. We are going on a trip that I have dreamed about for years. It's called the Immersion Experience. It's a trip I designed for you to journey into the deepest parts of yourself. It's a journey toward authenticity where we're going to create safe places for community, safe places for sharing. I'm going to be offering a workshop. You're going to be going on excursions. We're going to be experiencing Costa Rica together and hopefully taking back with us unforgettable
0: memories. If you are interested in going on the trip, all you have to do is click the show notes link and the tickets are live today.
1: Hope to see you there. I love that. I think it's incredibly important for our listeners to think about what you tapped into there was what emotional thresholds were normed in our childhood and what was informing those thresholds? What was actually behind those thresholds? You know, and what I mean by thresholds is like, if someone's constantly told they don't get to process, right, they're basically being pushed, like, okay, well, then just kind of push it down, 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 down, right? And then eventually your body can't can't hold on to that much emotion, okay? So when, you know, dad pushes his emotions down years on end and then that one thing happens – and what was informing the threshold to build like that, which is like very unhealthy, was like, I don't get to, I don't get to process, right? And so when I say what was normed, like what did emotional experiences look like to you as a child, mm-hmm. many people would say extremes, hmm when I saw my dad get angry, he wasn't just like, you're right, I'm angry. I just need to breathe. He was throwing things. He was like screaming at, his, the, at the top of his lungs. Like that is what I saw anger as. So mm-hmm. when someone says, hey, it sounds like you're angry, process it. You're like scared mm-hmm. because you're like, Anger isn't just some like innocent thing in my brain. Anger is terror. Anger is trauma. Anger is, is so deeply like rooted in some of my wounds that like I can't process it. And thus the cycle continues mm-hmm. because it's like I can't process it. So where do I do with that emotion? What do I do with that energy? I push it down. Okay. So when your emotions eventually get built up and the threshold gets broken and you literally explode, does your anger look manageable? Mm. Of course not. Of course not. How could it? Mm-hmm. You didn't get taught the skills to manage that anger. You didn't get taught the the emotional regulation or navigational skills of that. All you were told is the only emotion we can show that actually gets validated is Calm or happy or quiet or whatever. That's not emotion, but you know what I'm talking um, But th- But think about that. Like keep the peace, keep pretty, keep calm, keep quiet. You know, if you're going to be happy, that's fine, but don't be too happy. It's like, do you see what I'm saying? It's like this concept of like we get so trained to not allow the emotion to be processed. And the reason why we're wrapping this up in toxic positivity is it's like you experiencing any real emotion that isn't dubbed appropriate by whatever you know system you're a part of. It's, you don't, it's just like, you don't have anywhere to put that energy, okay, which does have implications. It does. And this is why we take this very seriously. Like, I, I, I don't speak about this stuff, like, in a very fluffy way, because it isn't something to take lightly. Your emotional processing is one of the most critical skills you can gain for yourself. I am so serious. Mm -hmm. Your emotional processing, your ability to take your emotions and allow them to be felt, Mm -hmm. to be navigated, to take that navigation, flow with where it's going, and then gain autonomy and empowerment over that emotion and saying, it's valid. I'm okay to feel angry. And I'm okay to not necessarily have to express this externally, which is so foreign to people because they're like, anger is like anger is like force, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's anger, right? And I'm like, no, (laughs) you're, you're speaking to how anger might show up behaviorally, but that's just most likely normed from someone who hasn't learned emotional processing skills. So if someone looks at me and they're like, wait, that's you processing anger. And I'm not outwardly slamming stuff. I'm not outwardly, whatever. Like I am just like sitting in the emotion and I'm like, whew. Yup. That's hitting a nerve. Like, yikes. Gotta sit with it for a second. Right. And they're like, what are you, what's going on there? And I'm like, yep, this is me taking a moment with the anger. Cause this is really powerful. I can feel a lot of energy flowing through me, through me right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And someone looks at you and they're like, that's absurd. There's no way you're angry. And you're like, mm-hmm. because what got normed for you was the lack of processing. Mm-hmm.
2: So I think that's the main takeaway with this topic, to allow yourself to sit with your feelings, validate them, feel them, and process them in real time as they're coming up. That's the skill set that prevents these explosions mm. of negativity, that toxic positivity incorrectly tries to address like the toxic activity is trying to prevent this toxic negativity but it doesn't it perpetuates it what actually prevents it is authentic real-time balanced safe healthy processing of these negative things that come up as they come up
1: Mm. i also want to speak to one thing i think many of our listeners probably have been met with when they say something when amiss in a situation. Okay. Which is something like if you don't have a solution, which I don't know if we can couch this in toxic positivity, but it's actually, it does speak to the rejection of emotion and processing. Okay. Which is like, if you Mm -hmm. look at me, CA, like me and you are like driving in a car and you're like, I don't know, Jamie, like that, that, entire situation was just like, really hard for me. I didn't love, you know, the conversation was really uncomfortable, and I was really struggling and whatever. Um, And I look at you and I say, like, I don't, we're not going to solve that problem today. Like, so why are you bringing this up? We're not going to solve that problem today CA. So like, you're not going to fix your cousin Mm -hmm. talking to you like that. You're not going to fix your mom talking to you like that. Like you're not going to fix your family today. So why are we talking about it? Why? Like it's that problem solver in your life that says, if we don't have an immediate solution to what you just brought up, what you just brought up is kind of invalid, which is, I don't want to say it's toxic positivity, but it is a rejection of the processing of that event. Because when someone's conceptualizing the way you relate Mm -hmm. to each other as The only reason you would bring that to me, CA, the only reason you would actually speak to your emotions is if I had a solution to that problem of the reason why you're feeling like that, right? And what many people get Mm -hmm. entrapped in is they get met with that person, which makes them think, well, if I don't have the solution to this problem, then I shouldn't process this, right? That also can be a barrier. Mm -hmm. Which is...
2: Definitely, which is why we we get that a lot when we're trying to process something that's like, well, it's said and done, right? Like the thing that happened with my surgery, like, oh, well, too late now. Like it already happened. What do you want to do about it? Like so too so bad, so sad. Like that if that's the reaction, right, is that, well, it's in the past. There is nothing that can be done to change it or fix it. So therefore, you talking about it is pointless, that is a complete invalidation. Like you said, like it's it's tangentially under the umbrella of toxic positivity because it's not really like, maybe it's not being painted over with like daisies and sunshine just yet, but it's almost like the precursor to that, right? It's kind of like in a lot of ways, if somebody, whether it's themselves doing it to themselves or another person realizing like, oh, this thing that they're complaining about, uh, there's no power. I have no power. They have no power. There's no power here to change it or fix it. So thinking about it or processing it is scary. So let's just not. And then maybe some people just keep it there, but some people might take it that next step and go, okay, well, let's think about the positive thing, right? Like, because that feeling is so uncomfortable that they'll just like, Mm. okay, we're just going to shift into the positive then to quickly stop thinking about that because that's not fun to feel. And so like, I even just like personally, like I can speak to that. Like the times when I like do this to myself and have in the past, it's usually that. For me, it's usually because it's like something that I feel like I can't fix it or change it right away. So I'm just going to pretend it doesn't, it's not happening. Um, and that's like I, of an invalidation, kind of like an avoidance tactic, right? Like, let's just like pretend it's not there because there's nothing to be done about it. Um, but in the end, you know, I have had to have my own reckonings of those things that I tried to push away because like I said at the very beginning of this when you don't process it it's still inside there somewhere lurking and it's gonna come out and sometimes in ways that it, it shouldn't right like and then directed at people that don't deserve it and like weird it's just gonna it's it's not good to keep those things inside.
1: I, and I think this is like where we were headed with, with this episode, which I do want to give you guys some like movement towards that healing process, which I think you just talked really well about a perception of, well, there's no power. Like I don't have any problem solving skills in this and neither do you. So what's the point? And that actually touches on, oh my God, you're going to I can't even remember what episode it was. This was, I think, a couple episodes back. It was when we were talking about power in our oppression, (laughs) like power in the moment where you feel powerless, which is Mm -hmm. where we need to focus. We need to focus on how can we feel empowered, even in a situation we can't immediately problem solve. And this is the key of healing. I would say it's not the only key of healing, but it's one of the key of healings, which is saying, hey, you're right. We can't problem solve this. And you're right. I can't fix this problem myself. What I can do is navigate this emotion so it doesn't rob me of my power over Mm -hmm. my emotional regulation. So what I can do here is I can step into my power of processing. And I can learn how to navigate what it feels like to be in these situations, right? I can either learn how to navigate with self-advocacy skills. I can learn how to navigate by just removing myself. You're right. I can't fix every problem. I can't fix every system. I can't change every single person's way they interact with me. But I am amiss if I ignore that I have power over the way I experience that event, right? And so when you are told from the external, there is nothing you can do. You might as well not feel much about that. That in some way is you... Missing an opportunity for you to step into your power of processing, which is important. Yes.
2: What's interesting. It is. What's interesting is that it's almost like earlier when I was speaking about how sometimes toxic po- positivity is and, and emotional validation and all of that is employed in situations where there is capacity for change, but people just don't want to face it, right? That like culpability and that accountability and responsibility. Sometimes it's applied in those situations, right? Where like there is something that can be done to remedy the situation and nobody just – people just don't want to take responsibility for it. So we're going to avoid it. And then – so that's like Mm. you have power, but you don't want to use it. And then in this other situation, it's like – there is a genuine lack of power to really for whatever circumstantial reasons like there actually isn't power to change the circumstances that are up that you know are causing the the pain and the upset um and so we we it's funny because we tend to think that like power personal power and authority mm-hmm. is only in the form of action right like actionable steps that we can take. And in this case over here where I was talking about, like, there are times where it is, there are actionable steps that can be taken to make things better. In those cases where there aren't, like, super actionable steps to be taken, right? The injury already happened. The medical error already happened. Like, the surgery went wrong. You can't go back and change it. Like, well, uh, is there still power somewhere to be found there. And that's what we were talking about in that one episode. And that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about again. Now, like it's, this is th- these themes, they rotate everywhere, guys. It's just like a solar system man. everything's just constantly in orbit. So this is what this is about, right? Is it's like, we, we tend to think of emotional processing as like mm. a means to some other mm-hmm. end rather than an ends in and of itself. That like, okay, well, I'm going to process this emotion and then I'll be able to have that conversation or then I'll be able to find a better relationship. Then I'll be able to blah, 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 insert, you know, fill in the blank without what that is missing is that processing the emotion isn't ends in and of itself because you live inside your body and your mind 24 seven. Why wouldn't you want that to be a comfortable place to live? Right? Like, why wouldn't you want to just treat yourself well the way you deserve to be treated, which is mm. you don't deserve to be living with that much dissonance and pain inside of yourself. You deserve, you, you, you deserve to live in peace inside of your own brain and body. And that's why we process emotional things. It's not so that it can get you from to, to some other future point. It's like it is its own ends.
1: Yeah, it does. It echoes that other episode where we said the whole point of us stepping into our power isn't to change the person that's oppressing us or the person that's literally trying to speak over our power. It's actually we're not trying to change them. We're trying to change the way we encounter that dissonance. We're trying to change the way that energy is being absorbed into our body, right? Because they might show up every single day with that problem. They might show up every single day with that issue, and the way you absorb that energy or the way that you are internalizing that experience or not doing it at all right like remember going back to the beginning just completely ignoring it like i i i just got to be grateful i have a I, I have a job it's like okay you're right there's always something and i i mean i literally i feel like i want to like zip my lip because like That phrase was, there is always something to be grateful for. Everyone speaks. Okay, we had the worst day of our lives. There's always something, so everyone go through the car and everyone go in the youth group and speak to one thing that happened that was good, right? Meanwhile, we like got a bear in the tent and like it got rained out and we're like freaking out, and we're cold and we're scared, we're scared and and like the 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 youth leaders like everyone go around in a circle and name the one thing and you're sitting there like it's it's literally an indoctrination of like you don't get to actually sit with hey, I'm kind of scared, I'm kind of cold, I'm kind of hungry. And this is actually one of the things, it's why people get so scared to hear this stuff, because they're scared that they're going to get stuck in it, that you're just going to keep being like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, right? But it's like, you know, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. It's like, okay, and it brings Mm -hmm. us back to that, moderation. It's like you can acknowledge something's amiss or not going great without literally perseverating or getting stuck or ruminating on it. All you're doing is addressing that that's real for you. That's it. You're saying this is a real thing going on right now, right? There is a tendency... For people Mm -hmm. to sometimes get stuck and, you know, you see it a lot. I see a lot of my kids, like they'll get stuck in the, I have to speak about this and I have to keep repeating the problem, right? But I do think there is some, Mm -hmm. there is something to be said there where when you are trying to teach your children, right? Let's say you give them free reign, you don't tell them like, oh, offer it up or something. And they are allowed to express themselves. Like, I'm going to just use the kid's example for example. For a second,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it is a very balanced approach for you to say, "I hear you," and what you just said is so valid. We went camping and it rained for two days. Like, what do you? What does that feel like? You know, what does that feel like with with your brain? Like, what's going on? And they might be like, "I'm sad. I'm disappointed." Right? And you can say, "Okay, so that occurred," and what we do want to bring into balance is are there is there things about the camping trip that we maybe enjoyed right which is where i think this is the tricky part because people are like oh is this toxic are you trying to make them like force themselves to not process and i go but, but what was missing from the original was me validating the 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 thing that went amiss right i didn't validate it i didn't leave space for it i didn't mm even allow for absorption of it. I didn't even say that that was a real thing. I ignored it right away. And I said, I don't want to hear about it. Right. How many of us heard this as kids? I don't want to hear one instance about rain. I don't want to hear the word rain in this car. Right. And it's like (laughs) where I'm trying to say there is a balance because I'm sure people are hearing this and they're like, They're like, yeah, but are we going to let our kids just get stuck too? Like we, cause they can, by the way, I want to know they can get stuck. I have heard my kids have the most amazing day and tell me like five direly things that, and then my shoe was untied and I'm like, okay. Like, it's like, they're getting so absorbed by like Mm -hmm. anything that was kind of like a little off, which by the way, if you understand evolution and the way our brains are, or brains, brains, <laughs> the way our brains are wired is <laughs> that was for our safety. So you are going to see it more in kids. You're going to see like, why would you focus on the spider more than like the, you know, entire day of blue skies? Because the spider could have mm-hmm. killed you when you were like in in the like very early stages of our humanity, right? So you are going to actually talk about the spider, Right. So what we're saying is, okay, you can validate that. You can be like, yeah, that's That's spider. What did you think? I I was scared. What do you think? And they might be like, I thought it was cool, right? But it was a little scary too, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, so walk me through other parts of the day. What are some things? Were you laughing at any point of the day? Like, were there any things that were like you thought was goofy? Or was there anything that dad did that was silly or something? And then you're reminding them that this is a balanced experience. That like, we don't necessarily only have to focus on things that might have threatened our safety or our warmth or our hunger right and we can entertain the idea that like there is joy to be had and there is beauty to be had and it's okay to acknowledge the beauty it's a, that's the balance of it it doesn't mean you acknowledging the beauty of a situation is throwing you under the bus and saying you're being toxic positivity like Antics. It just means that it has to be provided with the balance. This is important. Mm -hmm. The process you're describing
2: is just like the perfect example of a both and approach to um, teaching our kids emotional navigation skills, teaching ourselves emotional navigation skills. Let's be honest. Um, This is the both and approach rather than the either or approach. The either or approach is going to tell you either. We are happy about the camping trip or we're mad and sad about the camping trip. But the both and approach is going to validate all of it. It's going to be curious and and look deep and look around at multiple different angles of how that camping trip really was. And it's not going to ignore the shadows and it's not going to ignore the the bright lights either. Like it's going to see it all. And I think this is the the healthiest approach that we can equip our kids with and that we can try to gain these skills for ourselves as well. I don't, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, would probably agree that like I wasn't raised in a house that gave me those skills naturally. So I've had to come by them and obtain them all on my own um, as an adult. And I'm still working on these skills, right. To be able to understand that like I'm allowed to process the negativity and I am allowed to appreciate the good aspects. And these things don't have to live in constant, you know, tension with each other. These things can exist simultaneously. I can be glad that my pain is now gone because that surgery took away the thing causing the pain. And I can be upset that this nub, this other organ is now damaged permanently. Like I can be both. I genuinely can. Um, we can be happy that the camping trip included some happy memories and we can be upset that we got woken up in the middle of the night cause a leak was in our tent and we got rained on. Like both can be true. And that yeah, I mean, if we're going to harp on anything, mm. this is the both and podcast. We're going to re- we're going to retitle it one of these days, the both and podcast, Um, because I think we said it was going to be our subtitle one day. It Didn't is. We say it was gonna be our it is. Though. It's just like it's so key. It's so key to emotional and psychological
1: wellness is to be able to hold space for that nuance. Yeah, I think that's a perfect place to leave you guys today. And I hope this was empowering because that's really what we want you guys to understand is that the empowerment behind self growth is unmatched. Like that's, that's the most beautiful thing we can give ourselves is to feel empowered and safe in our bodies and safe in the processing that we are getting thrown at every single day. Things are getting thrown at us every single day. And Knowing that in every moment there is autonomy and empowerment to possibly be had—it's a really beautiful thing. So, thank you.
2: Absolutely, thank you for listening.
0: Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at The Unlearned Podcast or individual Instagrams at Recollect Itself and C.A.'s at Embracing Divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our Coffee Fiend Club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called Unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com slash unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work